Hey folks, let's spend some time with friends up north. Pat Kreitlow of Up North News is on Lake Wissota. Kristen Bry of Asgos, Wisconsin is along Lake Michigan. And up on Lake Minocqua is Kirk Bankstead of the Minocqua Brewing Company. Wherever you are, welcome, because you're up north. Hey, welcome to the cabin. You've made it up north. Nice to have you here. I'm Pat Kreitlow, Managing Editor of Up North News, WI.com. And I'm Kristen Bry. You can find my short political comedy videos at As Goes Wisconsin. And I'm Kirk Bankstead of the Manaqua Brewing Company. Yeah, we join you live every Wednesday evening at 7 on Devil Radio News Talk 92.7. We play it back over the weekend. We post it at upnorthpodcast.com, or you can also download the show and listen anytime on the Devil Radio app, now available at the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. Our email address is info at upnorthpodcast.com, and our guest is Jorna Taylor in our second half hour to talk about Pride Month and Pride Fest. And uh, But first, we, we have a lot to get to. We were off last week. It was not Kristen's fault. It was not my fault. It was Kirk's fault that we were off last week. He did not knock the radio station off the air again this time. This time he had a party. And so before we get to the rest of our Memorial Day weekends, uh, we, we wanted to head up toward the Stevens Point area for the first edition of Kirk Bankstead's Inoculation Emancipation. How'd it go, buddy? <laughs> Uh, well, I missed you guys. Uh, I'm sure, I'm hoping you guys had wonderful Memorial Day weekends. But uh, holy cow, uh, we went to Custer, Wisconsin, um, which is a place I know well because I grew up in Stevens Point. But I don't think a whole lot of people in Wisconsin know where Custer is. It's basically just right out right outside of Stevens Point. And the reason we had to go there was that the the town of Manaqua wouldn't let me throw this inoculation emancipation party, um, which uh, for all the sensible uh, purposes was a party to celebrate people that got vaccinated and to reward them for getting vaccinated uh, with a bunch of live music uh, and ov obviously some progressive beer. And we also had some uh, some great nurses from Family Health La Clinica who did a mobile vaccination tent with Johnson & Johnson vaccines, um, a one and done type of thing, and they anybody who showed up uh, got a free beer with with their sh with their shot of vaccine, a shot and a beer. So beers, nurses, and live music, and I don't know how you didn't get half a million people there, but uh, you're going to get another chance in just ten days from now. And <laughs> where in Fitchburg is next? Yeah, we're doing it in Fitchburg at Funk's Pub, which is uh, he's one of the first guys that bought Biden beer from me uh, a couple of months ago. So he's become a good friend and. Uh, yeah, we got like 200 people this last thing, and who knows what will happen in Madison. So uh, it's it's it was fun. It was a blast, uh, Pat. So um, I think it was well worth the effort to try to pull it off. And spoiler alert, there'll be more talk about progressive beer later in the show because something new has come out that uh, Kirk is going to tell us about. Uh, but but I want to give credit to the uh, tell us about the bands as well. I mean, you, the the nurses were great. You you had a lot <laughs> of help putting putting this together and and. Uh, you know, live music is something people are really craving again. Oh, so th yeah, this is what was so special about it. Like people, especially uh, there's a lot of older folks, you know, hadn't left their hadn't left their homes for a year. You know, they were vaccinated, but still there's a 5% chance of getting COVID even with the vaccine. So a lot of people, this was the first time that they felt completely safe going out and listening to live music in like a year and a half. Um, and and the the thanks that people gave me and the, just the smiles that people had being listening to live music and kind of being together, able to 
touch each other and hug each other uh, was was so rewarding uh, for me to watch. And so uh, I can't wait to do this other one in a week. And the bands were great. They all were fully vaccinated too. And they, everyone had their own little story uh, they, when they went on stage and, and, and sang and had their own little story of why they were so happy to play again. So what a feel good, what a feel good moment it was. Can I give the bands a shout out and which bands were there? Yeah, so John Primer and the Real Deal Blues Band. This guy's a legend, legendary blues uh, uh, singer and guitarist out of Chicago. The uh, Kim Wasserberger Band. This dude's a legendary singer in Manaqua and uh, who is a good friend of mine. And then the uh, D David Dion and the uh, the Soul Inspirations. He's out of Wausau and he does a great Earth, Wind, and Fire cover. And then we had the Brothers Burn Mountain, who are guys out of Duluth. Um, who uh, just are kind of a, kind of electric rockers, and all of them are guys that have played at my uh, brew pub up in Manaqua, played for my summer festivals in the last uh, seven years. So they're all good friends, and they all put on a great show. So it's kind of like a homecoming of sorts for me. The phone somewhere in Wisconsin, there's an Earth, Wind, and Fire cover band. <laughs> this dude, his name is David Dion, and and man, he can sing Michael Jackson. He can sing Earth, Wind, and Fire, and and his his dudes behind him can harmonize like that. I mean, it's. it's... I just want to know where he plays on the twenty first night of September because that that's got to be the. <laughs> <laughs> what was your, what was your weekend like? My weekend. My it's weekend. Like, uh, the both good and bad of now living back in Wisconsin and dating someone who's also from Wisconsin, which means that we get lots of family time. And so uh, Saturday was a uh, cousin reunion. That was fun. We had a big bonfire. And then Sunday was a uh, grandpa's 95th birthday. Also fun. It was Hawaiian themed. Um, and then Monday we went to the Brewers game. Which was super fun. I, I, it's my second. What was that like? Because they they weren't back at full capacity just yet, but but it wasn't also you know six people in an entire section. Yeah, it's it felt so. This is the second game I've gone to this season, and it felt. I mean, it didn't feel packed, but certainly, like, and this is the first time we actually tailgated because the time that I'd been before, we had taken uh, the Steinies bus, uh, the shuttle back and forth, and so this is the first time we like plot like got our plot, hung out, and it was weird because the. Parking lots certainly not fully full yet. It's probably one of the last times. I think what when did they start going back to hundred percent? Very very shortly. Very soon. Yeah. And so uh, porta potty lines were shorter than you would expect, which was great. Uh, we were all like, these are the cleanest porta potties I think I've ever gone in. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the game felt. I mean, the game felt. It certainly made some noise, uh, and it felt pretty normal. And so I would say probably by the next time, uh, the, once it's full, like is going to be even more fun but i think between that and the bucks are going to be almost at 100 percent. i think right and you've got by the, the next series are they round be... two of the, the playoffs getting underway and it's the brooklyn nets i know which is exciting because the, the 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 sports pundits out there mm -hmm. uh are saying how much our defense is looking so good that like it's going to be a good series mm -hmm. and so it is despite their their dominant star power anything to take our mind off the air and roger soap opera is very welcome from a Wisconsin sports scene perspective. It's so funny because I feel like that is such a good point as far as like what, Jan, like the representation of what Giannis I feel like has is becoming for Milwaukee and for Wisconsin and that he stayed and blah 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 and then like bookend that with Aaron Rodgers is 
and his ponytail and his ponytail and his his uh running off with shailene woodley instead of showing up for otas and know. you know meanwhile the, the rest of us are trying to get a job done uh it was it was a, a nice weekend on lake wasota eventually uh as often happens on memorial day weekend because we we firmly believe God hates campers because every Memorial Day weekend, it's like cold or rainy or both. And that's how the weekend started. So things were quiet there, but near the end of the weekend, things really picked up. And the phenomena that I, I really uh, get a kick out of living up on the lake is we were doing yard work and you can hear the hum of, of motors on the lake, you know, throughout the day. And we knew eventually a line of thunderstorms was, was going to form, uh, you know, just west of us and, and move in. And you hear kind of the normal, you know, boat traffic that's out there. And then you hear that first deep, distant roll of thunder, you know, that that comes over the lake and, and everybody kind of, you know, does this like, okay, it's time to wrap things up. But what you hear next is like every outboard motor suddenly kicks it up a notch and says, all right time on the water is done. And I'm sure there's just a, a race for the boat landings for those folks that that have to get it out of there. But they they at least got some time on there, which is, uh, you know, something that was very, again, very nice to see. Um, and, and it was good that the weather kind of cooperated, at least in the second half of the weekend. So I'm glad everybody had a great weekend, Kirk, especially for the inoculation emancipation. And we'll look forward to uh, learning more about the next one in Fitchburg on June 12th. So we haven't even gotten the headlines yet. We're going to take a break. A uh, whole lot has gone on since we visited with you last. So stay tuned for that. When we come back, you're up north. Welcome back to the Up North podcast and radio extravaganza and uh, grammar jamboree. For those of you that watch Dodgeball, I'm Pat Kreitlow along with Kristen Bryan, Kirk Bankstead. Um, there's been a lot of news to pass along since our last visit two weeks ago. And often for folks that have been with us for, you know, all 23 years that we've been doing this radio show, we tend to, in this block, do some live promos for our day jobs. Well, uh, Kristen and Kirk are going to do theirs a little bit later on in the show for As Goes Wisconsin and Monaco Brewing Company. But because there's been so much going on, I thought if I could ask your indulgence, gang, I would like to cover it by doing my own little commercial now for Up North News, where I serve as managing editor, but hasten to add, uh, Up North News is not the producer of this podcast and radio show. So I'm going to rattle off all the things that we covered last week. And then after that, if any of you wanted to revisit one or two of them, we can. So if you're ready, take a big breath here and say, we helped the audience understand how and why the Republican-led legislature turned down $1.6 billion in federal funding simply to continue a decade-long tantrum about the Affordable Care Act. Fresh off rejecting those funds, lawmakers made moves aimed at taking away $300 from unemployed Wisconsinites, believing that making life more desperate for those suffering most in the pandemic will lead them to accept artificially low wages, unsafe working conditions, a lack of good child care, and so on. The legislature also proposed a cut to school funding requests deep enough to possibly trigger the loss of even more federal funding. Reporter Christina Liefering covered the committee hearing on three anti-trans bills, a hearing that in and of itself had such ugly rhetoric that it could cause harm to vulnerable youths, even if these bills have no chance of becoming law. 
we noted Wisconsin reached 7,000 lives lost to COVID-19. Reporter Jonathan Sadowski provided pointed coverage of the debate over police reform bills very slowly making their way through the legislature, bills so mild that advocates described them as table scraps. Jonathan also covered the plight of some of Wisconsin's essential workers. You remember those folks that were once lauded as the frontline heroes last year? Well, that includes a lot of folks who feel they have more than earned a path to citizenship after putting their lives on the line to keep the economy alive. Kristen here continued our series on election protection with a video explainer of how voter registration has become very burdensome and could be improved and standardized. Uh, we also passed along a Kristen video using a game show format to illustrate the results of a new report showing that out of more than 3 million votes cast in November, officials found only 27 possible instances of voter fraud. Um, our daily newsletter included coverage of a fifth and sixth candidate for the 2022 U.S. Senate race, a Scott Walker appointee to the Natural Resources Board who refuses to leave the board even though his term has just ended. Uh, we had then um, Senator Ron Johnson starting the week being upset that workers' wages are rising. He ended the week by holding fellow senators hostage from their holiday weekend adjournment so that he could make a scene and then later vote against an independent commission to investigate the deadly capital insurrection. So if you're not getting our daily newsletter yet, what are you waiting for? Sign up. Let us help you stay connected to Wisconsin News. And if you're already a subscriber, forward it to a friend or two and feel free to share our Facebook posts and group pages you belong to or on your own. Just search for Up North News WI on social media or go to upnorthnewswi.com. And, you know, Kristen, I'll, I'll pivot over to you first because the, uh, you know, the video is about turning down the $1.6 billion and how voter registration uh, worked uh, have really gotten a lot of great comments. And, and, you know, we really appreciate you putting those together. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's funny because just the laundry list of things that feel bad. The laundry list of badness. Yeah. There's our show title. The laundry list it's of badness. It's exhausting. And it, I mean, and I've only been back in Wisconsin for a fraction of the time since a lot of this stuff has felt so tilted towards why are we doing it like this? Why is this happening? Um, and so for the, those of you who've been here the entire time of and fighting the good fight against the insanity of like not taking money that could help and giving tax breaks to people who don't need it and just the amount of frustrating things that happen it, in the state government is, um, it's, I applaud those who have stuck with and that haven't just thrown their hands up in the air and said, it's not worth it. Not I, Kirk. Kirk, my, Kirk doesn't throw his hands in the air. You know, you know, that's Chris and I ever thought about it because, you know, I took a break from Wisconsin, too, for most of my 20s and 30s. And so maybe that's why I'm, you know, so feisty now is because I wasn't paying attention as much over the last, you know, I haven't been beaten down maybe as much as, you know, some others in the state have like. Because when I got back here, when, like seven years ago, I was like, I want Wisconsin to be the same place that it was when I grew up here. And when soon I quickly, I mean, I, I had always heard, I'd heard the national news, but I wasn't paying that much attention. And as soon as I breathe the, the idiocy on some of these things that are happening here, I just couldn't take it. And so I guess that's, yeah, it's kind of taking a step back from these news things. It's like, maybe you have to t take a step away and come back. And that's, you know, that's what gives you that vitality to try oh, to fight. I did the, right. You know, I did the same thing after running for Congress and serving in the legislature. 
And, uh, you know, an opportunity came up uh, to move to a Caribbean island. And so we lived out of the country for three years from, you know, 2014, 2015, 2016. In 2016, all these folks on Grand Cayman are asking, what's the deal with Donald Trump back in your, your home area? I'm like, I have no idea. I've been down here. I don't know what people are, are seeing in him. And that, that time away and living in a place, you know, with, without nearly the respect for, you know, uh, government institutions that we used to have here. Uh, same, same thing, Kirk and Kristen, you, you come back here and you realize that there are things that you missed and things that are worth fighting for before they erode. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm same boat, right? Is coming back and, you know, if I'm going to stay here, if I'm going to be here, which is I'm building a company off of it, I would hope that I'm I'm invested in in this place. Um, you know, the fight to at least not even just get what you, we we quote unquote want, but at least just get it to be democratic again and not just like bulldoze over what people what's popular and what like most Wisconsinites want no matter which party they usually vote for um just to get back to that which I guess everything just comes back to well just the new the, maps that we'll get that hopefully. small d democratic you know just just democracy yes. itself yeah. is, is what yeah I mean I agree so much like you know I had I've been I mean, it's been when the Monaco Brewing Company, when we closed the brew pub and I went out to Costa Rica and I didn't know what the hell I was going to do with my life. You know, I was like, do I want to stay in Wisconsin? I mean, it's so messed up. Our politics are so messed up. Um, and, you know, I'd left Wisconsin when I was like in high school and and I'm like, no, I want to stay here. I want to have a business here. Um, but I'm like you, Kristen. I'm like, I, I don't if I'm going to be here, I got to be all in. You know, I got to be all in and, and I, I, I politically, my mind just always lends itself to like fix the political breakage that we have. So, well, yeah, that's what got me into politics, leaving, leaving a perfectly good gig, you know, anchoring the news, you know, night after night in Eau Claire. But I had just decided I, I couldn't keep looking into the camera night after night and telling the audience that both sides were equal and both sides were equally to blame when I knew that that wasn't the case and that you need to come out and actually say things as they are. You don't have to make things up. You just have to say what they are. I'll, I'll give you a, a, a good example. In uh, As we taped this on Wednesday nights, there was a, a headline in one of the state's big newspapers that said, when it comes to nonpartisan redistricting, the division is widening between the parties. Now, technically that's right, but that implies, you know, that both Democrats and Republicans are moving away from nonpartisan redistricting in equal measure. Well, that's not the case. It's the fact that almost no Republicans now have signed on to a bill to have nonpartisan redistricting. Again, that's not liberal news. That's not slanted news. If you change that headline to simply be more accurate, to say fewer Republicans support nonpartisan redistricting. And if you put it that way to folks, rather than this both sidesism that you see too often in the media, then perhaps you're going to get people who understand more the importance of being involved civically, running for office, voting, you know, the, the things that you did, Kirk, by getting more involved once and you came back and the things that you did, Kristen, through, through videos when you came back to, you know, to let people know there are things that you should actually pay attention to more than, you know, the, the latest adventures of the Kardashians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's it's six billion though. That I mean, you you, you got to come back to that because that's math. It's just math. It's one point six billion dollars being turned down 
to cover more people under Badger Care because you're still throwing that hissy fit that the Affordable Care Act passed all those years ago. Yeah, it's like Kristen did a great job on that video because like I've said this thing when I was running for office, like every time I try to explain it to people, it's like people just started hearing about people's eyes rolled in the back of their heads. And so it's like it's like there's only so much that you can retell this story and how absurd it is before it gets somehow stale and it shouldn't get stale because it is the biggest blunder that the state of Wisconsin has been continuing to blunder for 10 years now. Uh, but but somehow or another, it's just like it's like it's an issue that seemingly doesn't cut through on the in, in voting. So yeah, I wonder what that is. Like, I would love to know. This is like nerd data, but just the what actually breaks through. What's the breaking point? And I when it's stuff with whether it's gerrymandering or numbers or stuff that just feels really wonky, it's very different than like blatant racism or blatant sexism. That stuff that's like visceral right um but it's almost like that's so often at least on a macro level what affects so many people and yet connecting the dots to hit home is really hard it really comes back to that messaging that uh some folks are much more disciplined in than others and you can't just assume that the audience is going to pick up something after you say it once you have to come back to it again and again let's take a break when we come back jordan taylor is going to tell us more about pride month here in wisconsin you're up north Welcome back to the Up North Podcast. I'm Pat Kreitlow, along with Kristen Bry and Kirk Bankstead. And our guest this week is Jorna Taylor. Jorna is the Vice President of Development on the Board of Directors for Milwaukee Pride, Inc., which is the all-volunteer nonprofit entity that hosts Pride Fest in Milwaukee every year. And that's our entry into talking about Pride Month in Wisconsin and across the country, the significance of it. And while there are a great many terrible, ugly things still in the world, there's also a little bit of progress being made in terms of recognition and respect and helping people not feel alone. And so we want to get into some of that as well. Jorna, it's nice to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Um, we're, we're going to try to talk as much as we can about this because otherwise Kirk wants to take time talking about how you guys met in camp in eighth grade. And we're, we're going to try to... <laughs> Right save up. you from that yeah if if, if we, we can do come that. on let's get out of that first i want to talk about that first we'll, we'll get to jorna it. jorna loved new kids on the block I did. that go. was her favorite band all right and uh and we were we went to this student council camp together which we both ended up really caring a lot about politics jorna's done it for 20 years i think in wisconsin but along with all the other wonderful things that she does, but she's been very, somehow or another, planted the seed in eighth grade that, you know, we should try to fix Wisconsin politics, maybe. I don't know, what do you think, Jorna? Let's be really clear. Um, every eighth grader wants to go learn about parliamentary procedure and then practice it. I mean, maybe. <laughs> so, yeah. We're definitely nerdy. We're definitely kind of nerdy, for sure. Well, let's, let's find out more about the, the, the Milwaukee Festival. What is it, Jorna, that makes it unique in terms of its, its standing in the country? Sure. Well, it's not nerdy. It's actually a really good time. Mm -hmm. uh, so Milwaukee Pride, Inc. throws the festival known as Pride Fest in Milwaukee, and it really started in 1988 as a party in the park. Um, you know, pride stemming from the uprisings in the 60s and most prominently the Stonewall Uprising. Um, 
that's so famous, you know, where trans women really of color stepped up and started, you know, the first pride was a riot. Um, and so prides stemmed from that sort of social activism and, you know, not every pride fest, it was like it is today where it was, you know, this like happy celebration of the LGBTQ community, but really it was a social statement and activism on the part of these folks that were willing to do it. So in 1988, we started having prides in Milwaukee. It was really just this little party. Uh, one day, more of a park setting and we've grown now. So the last Pride Fest that we were able to have in 2019, we are a four day festival starting on Thursday nights all the way through Sunday night. Can't say I'm tired by the end of that weekend. Uh, and we're lucky that we get to work with the city of Milwaukee, the other um, ethnic festivals that happen in our city and we can use the Summerfest grounds which make us really unique in that we have a secure location to have this safe celebration for our community and our allies and the general public. And in doing that, again, it, while it is Milwaukee Center, the fact that it is this um, Wisconsin event now with, with an anchor in, in history and, and growth, uh, I would imagine that your attendees are, are hardly from you know, just uh, Southeast Wisconsin. Absolutely. I mean, I, I can't tell you that I have ever just, you know, planned my entire weekend around coming down to Pride Fest in Milwaukee when I didn't live here. Uh, we have folks coming from all around, from Chicago, from Minneapolis, from up north. And the, the really great thing is that it's not just a party. You know, we like to say we throw the party that kicks off summer in Milwaukee in the city of festivals. But there's so much more to it than just putting on a feather boa and sprinkling some glitter around and listening to pretty rad music, although that's really fun too. It's also really important to have a full-on history project. It's important to showcase the local LGBTQ musicians and give them an opportunity to shine. It's important to us that we have local vendors and vendors from around our state that can come together. We have a health and wellness fair where organizations from all across the state can come and talk about the services that they provide for the community. Um, you know, there's, there's just something for everyone and we're providing it in a space where there's no judgment at all. And I think that's, what's so interesting is because in the last, what do we want to say, like five to 10 years, just like the corporate the capitalist pride takeover of, I literally was in Target today and it's like, oh, here we go. It's a lot of rainbows on clothes. And so the, I think that's especially for straight allies who partake in pride that it's not, you are welcome, but it is not for you. And just like the things that it is still rooted in activism and it is still rooted in community and uh and providing support and it's not just like you said throwing out a boa and having a big party and that i think that is like such an important part to people who tiptoe their way in and are there for the party but also an opportunity to learn that like especially for younger people who've only become adults in a time that it's been being in the lgbt community has been largely accepted and for people who are my age and older like that was not the case for their entire lives and so I think have you what have you noticed as far as like bridging generationally after doing this for so long sure well one I want to address just one thing that you said there is a corporatization of pride and a, a monetization absolutely uh, but as somebody who raises money to throw what is a million dollar festival that we 
don't make money on. To be very clear, we dump everything back into it. Um, we need those corporate sponsors to bring that celebration, you know, and, and sure, we, we get hit for taking money from, you know, whoever it is that is the hated one of the day. But without those partners, like we can't have these events. And especially as small town, smaller cities and town prides are looking to get up off the ground, we can connect them to some of those partners in their communities too. So they are important. But yes, I also walked into Target today and went, Blah, rainbow <laughs> was like so much well, really ugly stuff um. well i think i mean jorna i i mean to you know i think it's i mean yes it can be considered like just like any like rock band that's now in stadiums people like the people that were there as they were growing up are going to be well that's not cool anymore these guys have sold out but i mean the fact that pride is so popular in the mainstream compared to maybe 10 years ago or 15 years ago, like, I think that's a, kind of amazing. Like, you can't be young these days and see all the rainbows in Target and be like, well, that's kind of cool, you know, or or that's normal. Maybe it's not cool because it's in Target now, but at least it's normal. So like any kid growing up is gonna be like, obviously there's a pride parade every year. You know? So, yeah, so to address your, you know, questions of the evolution, my first Pride Fest was 1996, <clears throat> you know, I was, clearly still 12, like I was in eighth grade. Um, but I was, I was in college at UW-Milwaukee and my friend and I went down and it was pouring rain and, you know, it was still in a park at that point. And we danced our pants off and had a really great time. And so it has always remained really important to us as the folks who throw pride that it's not that we're providing a safe space for sort of the gamut, right? It's not just having, you know, having like the star-studded headliner that is share for the folks that, you know, have been out or whatever. I'm sorry about my cats. <laughs> uh, and, it, you know, but it's also providing this really important piece of safety and growth for the young folks who are just coming out or just starting to feel comfortable in their bodies. You know, a lot of the shift in cultural change that we've seen over the past 10 years is that more and more young folks are identifying somewhere along the LGBTQIAA plus spectrum. And it's not necessarily just as gay, lesbian, bi. You know, we're seeing a lot of trans kids. My future wife works for the um, for Courage MKE, which is the state's first LGBTQ group home. And a majority of the kids that come in and out of there are trans. And so we're just sort of seeing an overall shift in the comfort level too. So we have to adapt to make sure that's a safe space too. So for the progress that's been made and, and, and it has been a very nice thing, but when you mentioned, for example, the trans community and, and young people, and at this very moment, there is legislation moving through the Capitol uh, and a particularly grotesque hearing recently on these anti-trans bills, uh, that, that tell you that from lofty uh, legislators uh, who, who are holier than thou down to the, the bullying level, you know, in your hometown, there is still work to be done. Absolutely. I mean, I can't sum it up much better than that other than to say these legislative attacks are straight up bullying. They're bullying children. Grown adults are bullying children. And it's 
so disappointing. Um, sorry, my cat is knocking things off the table. Um, it's, it's really incredibly disappointing that we're distracting from the issues that actually are facing our state, like healthcare disparities and joblessness and things like that. And instead we're bullying kids who are just trying to figure out who they are. Tell us about um, dealing with the pandemic and uh, especially looking forward. Um, you know, we've talked about proof of vaccinations. We've talked about uh, providing vaccinations. Are, are there things that we should be looking for at uh, Pride Fest this year that uh, truly keep the pandemic in mind? Sure. So unfortunately, being an all volunteer organization, we have to, we work on this year round and it's my other full-time job that I just make no money for. It's great. Um, but it's a true labor of love. It takes us a full year to plan. We start planning the weekend after we hold the festival. And so we were well into the planning for last year's festival when the pandemic hit and we determined that we couldn't host it. But this year, by the time the restrictions were lifted, there's no way we could do justice. And we also took a step back and said, and took a look at the community we serve. And there are gross health disparities across the LGBTQ communities of color, especially among trans folk. And so access to healthcare and vaccines and all of the things, we didn't feel that we could justify trying to throw something together that would leave out potentially a large portion of our community. That's not what's inclusive about pride and that's not providing a safe space. But that being said, we are going to hopefully do something coming up this fall, um, everything permitting and the stars all align and the things. So it won't be a full four day festival, but it will probably be something. Well, that's great. And I, I'm, as someone who lives in Milwaukee, I'm excited to yeah. be able to do something later this fall. Um, I think that's actually really interesting because so much of the news has has focused on vaccine hesitancy and kind of talking about the people who don't want the vaccine and i think we there is this over, like overlooking certain communities that are still having a hard time even accessing it for things that we don't we take for granted of of the convenience that it ha we have any of us I have, I'll say for right, I'll talk for myself to, to go get the vaccine. And so is there, what do you think the average Wisconsinite should know about some of the communities that are still, like, it's not just going to your, like driving to your Walgreens and getting it. Right. Uh, I mean, you live in Milwaukee, I live in Milwaukee, you can get places, but there are a lot of other barriers for marginalized um, and historically underrepresented communities, as we all know, that they can't, that they may not feel comfortable and may not have anything that, you know, is proof of ID that has their gender on it. And the sort of like things that, you know, you and I, I, I present as a woman, I use she, her, hers, you know, all of the things. I don't have those sorts of barriers. And so there's a whole nother level of, of health disparities that we just have to act, we have to acknowledge. So Jorna, we are the Up North News Podcast and we're gonna go to a break pretty soon, but I just wanted to you know, think about, obviously pride in Milwaukee is a destination, but what would you advise uh, communities maybe up north in Minocqua, Rhinelander, if they wanted to do something like, how do they, how do they start this? You know, How do they get it off the ground? Absolutely. So my folks live in Door County and Open Door Pride is going on to its, I think, fifth year now this year. And it is a community gathering in a park I've attended. It's fantastic. It is a few committed citizens, you know, like the quote, um, it's a few committed citizens that are willing to get together and talk to a couple of local sponsors like, 
you know, maybe folks in Monaco who are friendly to kick a little cash to get the permits for them. Um, and, you know, and it's putting yourselves out there. And that's the hardest part about all of this is that you have to put yourself out there and face potential bullying and harassment. But also when you're there and you see that young folks and old folks alike are coming together, it, it's so worth it. I cry every time. Darna, thank you very much for that. And, and again, we look forward to hearing what might be coming up in the fall. And, and as you put it, for 2022, a full-on rainbow star-studded festival. So, <laughs> Darna, thanks for the time. We, we greatly appreciate it. Thanks for having me. We'll thanks, You're up north. All right, first things first, I got to say that Evan, our producer, is coming up with some killer music. Uh, we, we gave him like two songs to start with and said, can you find more things like this? And he has. So thank you, Evan, for that. The Up North Podcast is a production of Kirk Bangstead, Pat Kreitlow, and Kristen Bry. That's it. No one else gets credit or blame for any pointless ramblings or moments of genius. We each have day jobs that we would love to have you support. And uh, we're going to start with Kristen talking about what she's been up to. All right. So uh, as I always say, As Goes Wisconsin produces social media videos that combine all things Wisconsin, whether it's history or sports or politics or even starting to talk about some cool Wisconsin businesses. But we use comedy to break it down in videos that are 60 seconds or less. So whether you find yourself checking Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or TikTok the most, you can find them. We post multiple times a week. Uh, I always have some other commentary that I am engaged with, especially on the Twitter. Uh, so you can find find it on any social media channel at As Goes Wisconsin. You notice, Kirk, what she didn't list in there, and we had this discussion earlier today, was uh, there's no Snapchat, which is apparently because I'm using it. My mother in her mid-70s uses it with the entire extended family to share, you know, what the latest great-grandchildren are doing and such, that we've now broken Snapchat for younger generations. Kristen Bry won't touch it. <laughs> everything else <laughs> what happened to snapchat like i thought that was like what you know that you took nasty pictures and they went away just, See, just said it, it started as the nasty picture thing and now it's I, I kid you not it is the only way our extent the only way that my daughters will send pictures or video of my grandsons is when they're doing things through snapchat and then we all ha ha we send back you know that's so cute and we you know the news it's not TikTok, you know. Uh, Kirk, what's happening at Monaco Brewing? So uh, we did a big thing on Tuesday. Um, we released uh, Evers Ale, uh, which was the uh, the tagline to Evers Ale is it's made with science and a steady hand. And so on the uh, on the label, it's got it's got Evers driving the Badger bounce back plan. And in the background is the UW-Madison and the Capitol. And the red, obviously, is the colors of UW. But it, uh, we had, like, buildings that said biology, uh, uh, you know, biology, public health, math, like all the science buildings. And they're red, but they also signifies the Republican obstruction that uh, Evers uh, faced when he tried to just, you know, try to keep us safe from COVID. He tried to keep our economy afloat. 
uh, and they sued him or they blocked him in every every uh, uh, every instance. And so we said, Evers, you deserve a beer. You've gotten us. You've you've landed this pretty much landed the ship after about a year and a half. And uh, and we we thank you. We salute you. So we made him his own beer, and it's coming out on June the week of June fourteenth. Uh, and a bunch of stores. And if you want to know the stores, you can find them at monacobrewingcompany.com. Holy mackerel, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Evan. Uh, <laughs> and uh, again, just for, for uh, you know, fine print purposes, I, I want to tell you that the Up North podcast is an independent endeavor, not part of Up North News, the similarly named but unaffiliated newsroom that I operate along with a team of reporters and support staff and really creative people. You can sign up for the daily newsletter that I assemble every weekday morning by visiting our website, upnorthnewswi.com and clicking on newsletter up in the top banner. We also want to thank Devil Radio News Talk 92.7, where we air live on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And be sure to download the Devil Radio app. You can listen to the station live on the go, get shows on demand and more. And remember, you can email the show info at upnorthpodcast.com. Pat, I wanted, to come, I wanted to come in because I kind of got a little bit emotional, maybe because I, you know, have known Jorna since she was like in the eighth grade and like she's been through so much and she's done through so much, done so much for pride and for, for, for Milwaukee and for Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, I just was thinking, you know, all, this pride stuff is, it's all full of love. And she said she cried every time she went, uh, she went to that festival and, 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 you know, it's like these things that include everyone and that, and that celebrate everyone are such wonderful things. And that's why we get up in the morning to be able to experience these moments of complete like freedom and, and love. And, and it just, it just occurred to me that, you know, we're probably going to talk about Ron Johnson and, and Gallagher who are, who, who twist, you know, they lead from a place of fear and they, uh, they, they think about fear and they're like, how do we get scare people so that they hate, the LGTB community, you know, they hate the change that we need in order to help the, uh, the people that are falling through the cracks. They hate the people that are falling through the cracks. They lead through fear and they cause hate. And it just is like such a weird transition that, that, you know, that, that, you know, we're moving from love to now we're going to talk about Johnson. It's going to be hate well, and fear. We won't spend a lot of time on it, it you know, because frankly, as we were doing our, our cheeseheads or chucklehead segment, we were coming up with the same batch of chuckleheads. And we know we know that they're out there and they're always going to be out there. Tom Tiffany just returned from a trip to Central America just to make you scared of brown people and take you know the, the attention off the fact that Tiffany voted to overturn an election. You've got Gallagher and Style who are going after Dr. Fauci and 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 China again to distract from their own failings. And of course, Ron Johnson's in the class by himself. But to come back to what you said, it's about the inclusiveness. And Kristen, it's not just inclusiveness in people, but what you have said about voting, registration, democracy, that's supposed to be the ultimate in inclusivity, but we're seeing the, the exact opposite with our elections. Basically, yeah. because what, how did you put it? We're, we're the only- We're the only, we're one of, well, what is it? We're the only- advanced democracy that basically makes this hard to vote and we're one of the only that's like you it's a burden the burden is on individuals to register to vote versus just being registered and so in to, to close then 
inclusivity is great when people include you, but sometimes as Jorna was saying, you got to step up. You've got to assert yourself and be that one. So for you, it might be attending Pride Fest or it might be attending Kirk's Inoculation Emancipation, but it also might be you registering to vote for the first time and voting for the first time or welcoming somebody for the first time, even if you you know weren't sure about them early on. Those are the things that you can do. That's really the spirit of, of those of us who, who live up north and love what we do. Uh, so thank you for being part of our visit this week up at the cabin. For Kristen Bry and Kirk Bankstead, I'm Pat Kreitlow. We'll see you next week. What do you think?